N-A-S-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. What's the word, family? Welcome back to the Nas Society Podcast. Of course, you know who it is. Your boy Reggie moving forward, man. Just another Monday night. Long weekend. Great weekend. I uh, hope everybody cool out there. Gonna be another good show, man. Thanks for everybody that tuned in last week. Was, was a crazy show, man. Thanks for the special guests that tuned in. Uh, so, man, if you just new to the show or if you a follower of ours, welcome back. Let's get into it, man. Nas. Yo, what's up, family? Welcome back, man. Welcome to the Nas Society podcast. Thank you for tuning in, man. Thank you for all the subscribers, man. If you're a first time listener. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, man, so you can follow all the updates for the show and the events that happen throughout the week. Uh, Reggie moving forward here, man. We got a lot to talk about. Last week's show was amazing. Thanks for everybody that tuned in. Thanks for the special guests. Thanks for everybody that's bought merch. Thanks for the people that follow the website and just follow me as a whole, man. You know, uh, I really appreciate the growth of how Nas has happened over the last couple months. Uh, it's definitely a little overwhelming, but it's it's, it's great things, man. And, uh, I appreciate the the viewers and the feedback and the messages and everything that I get, man. Uh, the show is more of a platform for you know for venting and kind of getting things out there in the open, talking about issues, having some updates about what's going on in the world uh, from my city, Chicago, uh, but around the world. You know, I got people hitting me about stuff that's going on in a city, you know, so we're going to dig into some of that stuff as well. But this show is just to bring awareness, man, to, to everybody that's being judged and labeled and stereotyped and put in a box because of how they look or what they've been through, or, you know, just in, in general, man. Nobody likes to be put in a box. Nobody likes to be labeled because of, you know, what they've been through or whatever, right? So that's what narcissistic stands for, and that's what we embrace, right? So what we're going to do is... Show is gonna be a little different, man. Last week was great. Uh, we had some guests coming in, man, that chimed in on some stuff, man. Uh, I feel like we can always go back to the topic about the double standard effect, right? Because that's what the the last couple weeks has been about. You know, the double standard between men and women, and you know how to label them, and you know what one can get away with and what the other one can't. And you know, just a lot, man. Check out the rest of the episodes, man. They're definitely some fire ones, but. We're going to do a little uh, something different, man. This episode is going to be uh, a little bit catered towards, you know, uh, the youth, man, in, in some aspects, you know, because I'm in Chicago and I know Chicago is uh, one of those states that has a bad rep for, you know, uh, African-Americans in general, but in particular, the youth, man. You know, how our young young brothers and sisters are out here and um, being betrayed, you know, of course, we have the issues about you know, the looting and the stealing and the drug dealing and the gun, gun violence and stuff like that. The, uh, the, the gang violence, you know, um, and I think a big part of it is because our youth have a um, don't have the direction or the leadership or the male role models in their life. You know, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First, we're going to get into some of the, the updates. Right. So, of course, if you haven't noticed yesterday was well last thursday rather was the opening of the nfl season man oh my god waiting on this for a long time a uh, big nfl fan i mean of course we had the the stuff going on with the pandemic that shut down the season or shut down a training camp so there was no preseason but nfl started back on thursday it opened with the chiefs and the texans you know super bowl chiefs you know they won they beat the texans or whatever patrick Mahomes, you know the golden boy 
uh, <laughs> I got a shirt that said I'm choosing Trubisky over Mahomes. Um, of course, it was controversial, but it was all a good fun. I mean, I'm just a diehard Bears fan, and I really believe it's going to be Mitch Year, man, but that's a whole other topic, right? <laughs> so NFL started, man. Yesterday was a whole bunch of games, man, a lot of good games. Of course, my Bears, they won. Now, I'm I'm stop fronting, man, because they was playing terrible the first three quarters. I mean, like, it wasn't even funny. We was playing Detroit Lions. Like, you know, no diss to anybody that's in Detroit, me and my listeners, but y'all team ain't that good either, right? Uh, so, I mean, and then the last couple of years, Bears always beat Detroit, you know? So I knew he was going to take that game, but it was tough. It was tough, man. But my boy Mitch, money-making Mitch, man, came through in the clutch. Through three touchdowns, 246 yards, man. No interceptions. That's the big one. So you got to pay attention to that. So shout out to the Bears, man. Shot Town stand up. Uh, then Tom Brady in his debut with the Bucks. Uh, they went down at to who that nation. And um, yeah, Drew Brees and them boys, they kind of they kind of put it on them, man. So the Bucks lost their first game under the GOAT, quote unquote, Tom Brady. Uh, just some other games. The Cardinals beat the Niners. Uh, the Chargers beat the Bengals. The Washington football team, if you want to call them that, uh, beat the Eagles. The Eagles, man, I, you know, I don't know, man. The Eagles got one of them teams that you they might have to start firing everybody and trading everybody if they have a bad season. Uh, the Packers beat the Vikings. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Who cares about the Packers or the Vikings? <laughs> uh, Bills beat the Jets. Seahawks beat the Falcons. Uh, the Ravens beat the Browns. Shout out to my boy Lamar Jackson out there. MVP status. Um, we got the Jags over the Colts, the Pats over the Dolphins, um, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Shout out to Las Vegas, man. Got a new team down there. They beat the Panthers. Uh, and then tonight is Monday Night Football. We got the Steelers and the Giants, and I think the Titans and the Broncos play for the night game. So it's just good to have football back, man, because um, – one thing about the league is, you know, NFL and NBA, they're being, uh, standing a lot of, against the racial injustice. So they have like different uh, sayings on their helmets or they have like Breonna Taylor or Ma Aubrey. You know, they have their names on their plates or the back of their jersey or the back of their helmets. Um, they have words on the actual field in racism or it takes all of us. So it's good to see that these players are being more vocal and they're standing up about what's going on, man, because we just need awareness brought to what's going on about as far as racism and, you know, cops, white Caucasian cops killing uh, African-American men, you know, uh, African-American women, you know. Um, so that's a good thing. And there's another good thing for the first time uh, in the NFL. We had 10 black starting quarterbacks, man, 10 of them, 10 black starting quarterbacks in the first. And that's you know, that's something that shows a lot of because the NFL is predominantly African-American anyway. Right. So it, it makes sense that, you know, more than we should have way more black quarterbacks than we do. But we got 10 and, you know, we're getting there. I think that we just have to, you know, continue to stand in unity with that. But, you know, we had 10. We got Cam Newton. Shout out to Cam, man. Patriots came through, showed him what's up. He got the dub. Patrick Mahomes, of course. Chiefs got the dub. Got Lamar Jackson with the Ravens got the dub. Russell Wilson with the Seahawks got the dub. Uh, Dak Prescott, yeah, they didn't get a win, but he's still a back. You know, he's black. I, I support you, brother. Same as Teddy Bridgewater. He with the Panthers. They ain't get the dub, but you know, he's showing growth, right? Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers. 
black brother, Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, like all these brothers are young when they're talented, right? So, man, it's just a good thing to see that, you know, we're standing in unity and, you know, we letting everybody know that we're coming, right? So shout out to the NFL. Uh, I ain't gonna say the owners, but shout out to the NFL players uh, for standing and, and, and um, making a stand against the racial injustice that's going on, right? So that's the NFL. We got the NBA, of course, you know, it's the playoff time and Old Goat James, LeBron, everybody love him. You know, they make it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they beat the Rockets in uh, five games, you know. So they're just waiting to see who's going to come out of this Clippers and Nuggets series. Because I tell you, this Clippers and Nuggets, Nuggets series, everybody thought that the Nuggets was going to run away with it. I mean, the Clippers were going to run away with it, right? They was up 3-1. They was blowing out the Nuggets. But the Nuggets quietly, the last two games, they forced a game seven. So game seven is going to be tomorrow night, man. We'll see. I mean, of course, you know, you know, the, the politics is going to have the Clippers win. You know, the ref is going to be cheating and all that stuff. So I, I foresee my prediction is the Clippers squeaking out of there because of the refs and maybe Kawhi start doing something. But uh, it's going to be a good game that, I, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing or whatever. And then, of course, you got Miami and Boston playing tomorrow, too. That's going to be the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I gotta give the edge if I have to give an edge, I'll probably get an edge to Boston because they're deeper. But Miami, man, Jimmy Buckets, I don't know, he you know, he a dog, man, so it might be another good fight. Uh, so that's sports, man. Just to update you guys, of course, if you know, for whatever reason you weren't watching sports, you should be watching sports. Uh, not because it's a distraction from what's going on, but you know, it's entertainment, and especially for a man that keeps your mind off things. and you know, have a more of a competitive mindset. You know, uh, women, I don't know what y'all be watching. There's a lot of women that watch sports too, though. So shout out to the women out there that be watching sports, man. That's much appreciated because there's nothing more annoying than a woman that don't watch sports, but she wants you to stop watching sports because she wants time. You know, I mean, you get quality time anytime. You know, bears only come on on Sundays. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that's sports. But I want to talk about, before we take a break and go into the next segment, of course, uh, the main topic, uh, I want to talk about a couple issues, man, that was kind of disturbing me a little bit. You know, I, I'll i be, you know, it was disturbing me a little bit, man. So, of course, you guys know about the situation with Dr. Dre's wife, right, or his ex-wife, or, you know, however that goes, and um, how she's, you know, they're going through a little battle right now as far as the money side, Right. So she's asking for about $2 million in spousal support, man. If you haven't heard about it, go look it up. His wife is asking for about $2 bucks in spousal support. Now, I mean, I have an actual breakdown of, I know you think of $2 million a month. That's a lot of money for you to, you mean tell me you don't want me no more. You want to leave. He's about to be the fuck gone with my money like that. Like that's a... Wait, I just want to make sure I understand. You want to leave. You want the divorce. So you think he's about to be, he's about to get the fuck on and just take my money like that. $2 million a month? Yeah, I, I got a problem with that. You know, she wants $10,000. Listen to this breakdown, y'all. $10,000 a month for laundry and cleaning, right? She wants $135,000 a month for clothes. 60000 for education and tuition, 
She won $125,000 for charitable acts. Question mark, question mark, question mark. $9,000 for entertainment. And $100,000 for mortgage and cell phones. I mean, just come on, man. Come on. Now, you know, let's be let's be a little realistic, man. I don't care if the brother got whatever amount. He could be making $10 million. I mean, I know some people say, yeah, well, what if he making, what if he got it? You know, if he making $10 million a month, she deserved to. That's some... I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because... Who else in the hell is about to pay anybody $2 million a month to get the fuck out? Like, so they, just just for the divorce side of the game. I think that's ridiculous. Not saying she don't deserve nothing, but they've been together 24 years, right? Of course she can put in work and help them and, and did things to, you know, be there. So I'm not saying be down. Yeah, she can get, she can get a couple of dollars. Uh... I mean, I don't say a couple dollars like it's like nothing. Maybe you know, I could see a, I could see a hundred thousand month. Okay, I, I, I could see that. You know, uh, I could see you know, but two million dollars a month. She want a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a month on clothes alone, man. Like that doesn't bother bother anybody. That's crazy talk to me. It's crazy, but. Of course, she's a legend that, you know, there was a lot of domestic violence over the last 24 years. Okay, I, I get all that. Domestic violence, check out the show that we had before about domestic violence. Yeah, domestic violence is something that's so prevalent, prevalent, but it happens every day to everyday couples over five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. So it's something that needs to be addressed because, of course, it's not cool, but who, who puts a cap on what a person deserves after divorce, after they initiate a divorce, right? Because according to reports, she won't even she won five million dollars for lawyer fees alone, right? Now nobody's the, the real winner in this is the lawyers because the lawyers is going to cash out big from this. So of course, uh, somebody okay, somebody just said maybe they should have a settlement. Maybe he should settle out and give her about a hundred mil. Now uh, you look at two million dollars a month. Right, that's twenty four dollars, twenty four million a year. So she's looking for twenty four million dollars a year, twenty four for the rest of her life. You think she's gonna settle for a hundred mil? Because first of all, it, it, it takes a, a bold person to ask, request two million dollars a month. Now, one person just said, "Well, she must know something about his money." So maybe she knows that he's sitting on a lot of money where he's probably getting about 10, 15 million a month. And so she's asking for two. Maybe that justifies her reasoning asking of that. But if we're going to be honest, I'm, I'm not, a, okay, it's probably going to, because I'm divorced, right? So it's probably, probably going to seem like I'm, I'm better or something like that. But I do not see me, I worked hard for 20 plus years, 25 years, on something and my wife that's been there and has been helping me, I don't see me being broke because she wants to leave. We don't know what he's making a month. We don't know what he's making a year, but let's just say he's making 3 million a year, 4 million a year, I mean a month, 3 million a month and you want two of that. That don't, that don't add up. If he's getting 8 million a month and she wants two, 
You want two million a month for laundry and clothes? I can see him paying a mortgage. Now, this is what goes unnoticed. He actually, he's paying for a lot of his, he's paying for his security. He's paying for his shelf. He's paying for like certain things he's already paying for, regardless of her asking for this additional uh, $2 million a month in spouse support. So she's like, she wants extra. I just think that's, I just think that's wrong, man. So it brings up the question. What do you guys think? Do you think that having a prenup is required nowadays or should it be required? Or should you believe in the whole, you don't have nothing, I don't have nothing, we'll build together mindset? Because I feel like it could, either way, I don't know, you got to have the right mentality. You got to have the right mentality because... If you're with somebody for 20 plus years and then you decide you want to divorce for whatever reason, I'm not saying the divorce isn't justified. If she want to leave, she can leave. You know, if he want to leave, he can leave. I mean, I, I get it. But uh, who determines the amount that you get a month because you want to leave the, the, the marriage? I just think that's something that needs to be talked about because there's a lot of marriages that happen and a lot of divorces that happen. Uh, and there's always an issue about money about what the person is going to pay for. Now, if Dr. Dre was, you know, a mog out here that ain't really had no money like that, it was just a regular rapper, you know, do you really think she would have been asking for all that, you know? Or do you really think she would have asked anything close to what she's asking for? No, I think she's doing it because she know what she has to know what he's sitting on, you know? Or it could be where, goddammit, she don't care what he's sitting on. She He can be sitting on 2.5 million and she just want two of it. She can just want all of it. You see what I'm saying? So we don't really know the whole story, but I just think that's a lot of money, man. $24 million a year to be the fuck gone. You mean you want to leave me and you want to take $24 million of my money that you, you know, uh, of course that's not going to be popular, but it's the real. I mean, that's the truth is unpopular, but it's, it's the truth, you know? Uh, so I don't know. Tell me what you think about man. I think that's a, that's a crazy story. When I read those numbers, man, I mean, wow. You know, we're, we're, she went $125,000 a month for charitable acts. She wanted, uh, what does that even mean? Like, dude, I don't feel like looking it up. What does that even mean? That's, that's, that has to be some type of lawyer lingo or some type of underwritten, I don't know, man. That Somebody needs to look into that. But I think these lawyers is, they're going to iron it out. And I don't know, maybe they'll come up to a settlement or something. But it's a lot of damn money, man. It's a lot of damn money for a person that wanted to get the fuck on and lead a marriage. Which is fine. But, uh, you know, $2 million a month, that's a lot. So that's that. And then, uh, before we take a break, I did want to touch on this other topic because it's close to home, man. This is what we talk about. This is what this show is about. This show is about the Chicago effect, man. You know, Chicago stand up, all my listeners out there in Chicago. You know, uh, over about two, three weeks ago, man, R. Kelly, of course, everybody know what happened with R. Kelly, man, what he's going through and everything uh, with his case. Uh, very, very public figure. Um, but he did not bail again. Uh, yet again, I think that's like the, I don't know how many times that is, but he's been denied bail again because uh, allegedly he was attacked in his cell. Uh, beaten up by 
an inmate, uh, actually a Latin King inmate. A Latin King is a gang uh, here in Chicago. Well, here, I mean, in a lot of different places, but uh, mainly here in Chicago. Um, the guy named was Jeremiah Farmer, right? He was a, you know, one of the known members of Latin Kings that was in, locked up with R. Kelly or whatever. So, um, unless these are the reports of the story, right? Now, I mean, these are just reports. I don't really believe everything you read in the media, uh, but I just tell the reports and give my opinion on the reports, right? So, allegedly, R. Kelly was beat up by this man or jumped on by this man or whatever in his cell while he was asleep or whatever. Who knows if he was asleep or not? But um, the reports is factual that he was attacked by this man. Um, and the reason being uh, when interviewed is that uh, um, they believe that, well, the inmates uh, believe that the, the system is using the excuse that, you know, R. Kelly has a lot of people, right? I mean, protesting and acting wild outside the prisons, right? Or, you know, just doing things that's causing a lot of uproar. So uh, the inmates believe the, the, you know, the people that run the prison and, you know, the system is using that as a means to put the inmates on lockdown, right? And they got fed up with it and went to go beat up R. Kelly. Okay, now I want you to tell me how that sounds, right? So basically they're saying, according to reports, that inmates are getting sick and tired of being put on lockdown because the quote-unquote protesters outside the prison are making a lot of noise about R. Kelly being arrested. So that's why they went to go beat up R. Kelly. Uh, I feel like it's something missing from that story, man. I feel like, um, I, mean, I mean, it may be the truth, but okay, take it from me. I, I, kn I know how it is to be in that situation. Not R. Kelly's situation, but I know how it is to be, you know, locked up, you know, and I know how it is to be put on lockdown. It is not fun. It's not fun. Prison already is terrible. Um, getting locked up, whatever, is, is it's not a good experience. But to be put on lockdown, it's not good. So I guess I can see how inmates would be upset about that. Um, but to, you mean to tell me that a man walks into, just walks into somebody else's cell and beats him a white, beats him a white laying down on the bed. It's something, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just something I can't really put my finger on it. I feel like he probably was attacked, but I feel like it was, it's something missing. How do you just walk into somebody's cell? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're doing something different with prisons now where you can just easily walk into other inmate cell and do whatever you want. Uh, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Uh, but our killer ain't no little nigga. I ain't no little dude now. I mean, so I don't see him just getting whooped, you know, by somebody. Now, they said he was asleep. If he was asleep, okay. I don't know. But it just shows to show you that there's so much violence going on in behind those walls. Uh, Behind prison walls is something. That's another show that we're going to talk about. That is like living on a whole nother planet that, uh, of course, there's violence. There's drug activity. Nobody knows about. Of course, there's gambling. There's gang activity. There's uh, mental abuse. There's, uh, in a lot of cases, in some prisons, there's sexual abuse. Uh, some of the stuff that's not talked about. And there's a lot of trauma that goes behind it. Um, but R. Kelly, who's, you know, of course, he's a public figure. He's been in the news. Uh, he's been in the scenes a lot for his allegations against um, young women or whatever. And um, who knows what's going to happen with that situation. I don't know if he's going to 
my gut feeling is that he's going to take some time for it. But if they keep denying him bail, that's just showing you that, they, you know, they got him right where they want him and they don't care what happens to him. Um, so I don't know, man. Tell me what you think about this whole R. Kelly thing, because, um, you know, like him or not, whatever, you know, people still listen to his music. Um, he's from Chicago. So, of course, Chicago people know his music. Some people are pro R. Kelly. Some people, of course, are con because, you know, of course, the things that he's accused of doing is terrible. So, I mean, I can understand that. Um, but what are your views on this whole R. Kelly thing, man? Do you want to see justice for him? Do you believe him? Do you want him to, you know, uh, rot in hell, rot in prison? I mean, tell me what you think, man, because uh, y'all all know the story. Some of y'all seen the video. And, you know, of course, Nas is about not labeling anybody or stereotyping them or putting them in a the box. But how do you not feel a certain way about somebody that's, you know, doing stuff to little girls or, uh, well, uh, teenage girls, you know, whatever, however you want to wrap it up, you know, uh, but we all know the, the allegations and things like that. So, I mean, is that same notion goes for if we're not, if the people in our society are saying we're not going to judge people or stereotype them because of what they did in the past, are we putting our Kelly under that? Are we saying our Kelly deserves a chance to become someone uh, that we can say, well, that was his past and, you know, we can give him another chance. Could our, Ke our Kelly be a part of an our society? I mean, what do you think? Would you embrace somebody like that to have a fresh start and be around, you know, and I ain't gonna say, of course not being around you like that, but, um, what would you think about somebody like that? Would you give our Kelly a fair shot to say, okay, you know what, I'll give you another chance to kind of, you know, you know, because everybody deserves second chances, you know, I, that's probably not popular, but everybody, everybody deserves a second chance. Murderers deserve a second chance. I mean, not saying that they deserve murderers deserve to be let out of jail or um, anything like that. But I believe if someone kills someone and, you know, they want a chance to, to turn their life around, they should have a chance. Now, if a person is out here killing people and just don't give a damn and just have that mindset of where they just kill, 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 and they don't care, then uh, that's a whole nother topic. But I feel like if somebody's remorseful about what they did and they want a second chance at life, they deserve it. So I don't know where R. Kelly, R. Kelly mind is at, man. I don't know if he feels sorry for what he did. I don't know if he's still in denial and in denying it. That'd be a problem. Um, but what do you think, man? Do you think someone like that deserves a second chance at life? Because he's facing some some serious numbers in jail, you know. Hell, Bill Cosby is in jail, goddammit, for something he did 30 years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, allegedly he was putting stuff in women's drinks. And let him tell her. He said, well, hell, everybody was doing it back in the day. So, and he got convicted 30, 40 years later. You know, this man is half blind and he 87 years old in prison, man. What the, come on, man, what are you? What are you gonna do? To some, what are you gonna do in prison, man? I mean, what are you gonna do to somebody out there? You know, he he can't even walk. <laughs> I mean, that's neither here or there, I man. I'm just saying. But the system just shows you how the system does, man. The system don't care who you are. You could be black Jesus. If they could put you in jail and, th and throw you away for years, they will. So you got to be mindful of that. But tell me what you think about those topics, man. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get right back at it. Uh, but yeah, those. I don't know, man. It's, it's some it's some up to, with the R. Kelly story, and the whole thing with Dr. Dre, man, uh, and his ex-wife. Uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious to know what y'all think, man. So, 
hit that message button. Tell me what you think. Um, and we'll take a break. And we'll be right back. And we're back. N-A-S-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. Welcome back to the North Society, guys. Monday nights here, uh, September 14th. Man, this shit is going by fast and we can't. Whew, I need to hurry up, man. I swear I'm ready for this shit to be over with for so many reasons, man. So many reasons. But uh, we almost there, man. Got a little over three months to go, so let's knock it out. But just want to touch on a couple to- topics, man. But we're going to get into the topic of the night, man. This topic is about uh, just about the youth, man, all over the world, you know, but in particular, uh, my home, Chicago, right? Uh, so Chicago people are known for, you know, having a different verbiage about different things and, you know, just talking a certain way, using certain, certain slangs or whatever. Uh, you know, we, we like a lot of uh, lemon pepper on our chicken. You know, we like, you know, we like to uh, just do different things, man. You know, we, uh, we known for our pizza, we known for our, you know, the says towel, you know, for Michael Jordan, you know, all that good stuff, man. Uh. It's funny that I mentioned the lemon pepper, man, because one thing I know about black people, man, in Chicago, if you go to anywhere like Sharks and then the J&Js, it could be, uh, you know, Hurls too, but, you know, it, especially those places, you know, we want extra lemon pepper on it. If they, I mean, they want to drown the lemon pepper. I've never seen so many people have so much lemon pepper on some chicken. I get that shit is it's funny, but you know what the crazy thing about it? It's actually kind of fire. It's fire. Lemon pepper is something that uh you know I think black people made more infamous, right? But uh hey man, let me get six wings, extra mild sauce, extra lemon pepper. Straight like that. They got it down to the key to the, the key. And then you watch them as they put it on there. You're like, hey, uh, put some more on that. Put some more on that. Put some more on that. You want it drenched in mild sauce and lemon pepper. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what we know for, man. But when we're talking about the youth, man, so I deal with a lot of teenagers, man. I, uh, I mentor a couple of teens. Uh, and the post that I get from them, man, is that um, they're already put into a box. They're like labeled for being this, for being that, you know, if you're a teenager and you get dreads, you, you labeled as a street dude or, you know, good or whatever. Um, of course, teenagers that, you know, that hang out on the block or they got a certain group of friends or that talk a certain way they're labeled. Um, you know, as, as truth be told, teenagers that, um, you know, they carry themselves as, uh, you know, proper or, you know, m- nicely mannered, they're labeled as dorks or, you know, whatever, lanes, mogs, squares or whatever. Uh, but I wanted to bring this topic up because I deal with a teenage man. I'm, of course, I'm not going to say his name on air, but um, he came to me the other day, man, and he expressed some some of his, his frustrations about what's going on. Uh, now, this brother is 17 years old, man, very, very smart, very articulate, you know, um, a good kid. You know, um, but he's in the streets, you know, he's in the hood, grew up, born and raised. All he knows is the streets. Now, you know, he's a kid that's, you know, he's super smart. So he's good. He gets great grades in school, but getting those grades, 
uh, kind of makes him feel like he's not a part of his community because his community is people that did school, people that don't go to school or they uh, smoking all the time and drinking and did, you know, they just not a part of that. That's not their direction that they're in. So he feels like he'd rather be a part of his surroundings than be a part of what society wants him to be. And that's uh, a good student, you know, or someone that's going looking forward to college. So uh, he came to me and he told me, he said, um, you know what, man, I'm really thinking about uh, quitting school. And I said, well, why? He's like, well, um, my guys, they out here getting it. You know, they don't go to school. They dropped out or whatever, and they're getting bread. They got the women. They got the money. They got the, they got the cars. Um, you know, and I said, well, why would you want to do that? You know, why, why would you want to follow them when you know you're so smart, you got so much potential? You know, is that something that you want to do that's going to lead you in the long run? Do you think that's going to put you somewhere the next 20, 30 years from now that you can be happy that you're doing? You know, um, because the truth be told, these teams in, in Chicago, these teams around the world, they lack the male leadership, right? They lack that type of role model that's in their lives to kind of steer them a certain way so they won't have to make the same mistakes that somebody else did. You know, when I was a teenager, I wish I would have had somebody to kind of cuff me and tell me, hey, don't go right because over right, it's a lot of BS over there. You're going to run into this, you're going to run into that. You know, I didn't have that person to do that. But um, we need more of that, right? Now, because I know this kid and I, I, I spent some time with him, I, I know that he's, you know, he's really serious about, you know, being liked, you know, uh, we live in a society that's real trendy. You know, whatever's happening on social media or on our block, on our hood, is something that we want to be a part of, right? Now, his friends, like I said, they all dropped out of school. You know, they still doing things on the block, 16, 17 years old, that a person that's normally good, that does good in school or does good in sports or does good in anything that shows growth, he don't want to be a part of that, right? So. What happens when that kid goes to jail at 18 or gets shot at 18 or or, 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 or gets somebody pregnant or just, just anything that we can think of that um, that takes us back as a society, as young men, you know, because we're already labeled by our system as being no good. As a black man, especially as a black teenager growing up, you're already labeled, man. You're labeled by the, uh, by the law enforcement, you're labeled by the system. You're labeled by your community, your peers, you know, whether you like it or not, your family sometimes puts you in a box. So when you think about it, what is it that our youth are lacking? What do you think they're lacking? I'm, and I'm talking about you, I'm talking about uh, young men and young women. What do you think that they're lacking that's causing young women to get caught up on a sex addiction at 17, 16? and be pregnant at 16 or 17, or our young men to be caught into a trap of addiction of selling drugs, quitting school to sell drugs, you know, um, gang activity, you know, being a part of a gang or something that's, that, that consumes your mind that makes you feel like that gang is more of a family than your actual family. Because truth be told, a lot of people, a lot of youngsters that I've, I've witnessed and I've experienced joining these gangs because they feel more of a security and more love than they feel in their own home, you know? And I mean, how, how can you blame them? I mean, it's, it's something that we don't talk about, but a lot of these teenagers, their parents, 
aren't as attentive as they should be when their kids in school or quote unquote on school, you know, where's the love? What about the youth? What about the kids? Right. Of course, as grown adults, we have a mindset is like, well, as long as mine is good, as long as my family is good, that's all I really care about. As long as my kids is cool, I don't care about what nothing, nothing them dudes are doing on the corner. I get that. That's a great, you know, that's a one way to think about it. You know, make sure, always make sure your family is 100 and they're good 10 toes down. But at what point do we get as adults, as men or as women to say that I don't want to see another one, a black, another black brother, a black young lady be susceptible to the system, be caught in drug addiction, prostitution, gang violence, um, selling drugs. At what point do we care about our neighbor's son and daughter just like we care about our own? Right. I mean, think about that. At what point? Because I know when I was growing up, right, um, you know, if I was living with my grandparents or whatever, me and my mom was living with my grandparents or whatever, our neighbor would make sure that if I was outside or if I was outside doing something I wasn't supposed to do or if I, if I was supposed to be in the house, they would make sure that, hey, Reggie, you're supposed to be in the crib or they'll call my peoples. Hey, you know, they would look out for me. You see what I'm saying? Do we still have that type of mindset nowadays? Are we really thinking about the other people kids like they're ours i mean of course nobody wants to you know be transparent enough to to admit but a lot of parents are selfish-minded when it comes to their own kids i mean i mean don't when i say selfish don't mean it in a, in a bad way i'm saying that their focus is just their kids not their kids friends not their kids uh classmates not their kids neighbor like just that household is what they care about and that's the way to go about it. I'm not saying nothing's wrong about that. But are you okay or are you okay physically seeing your neighbor's son out there on the corner selling drugs? What I mean, are you okay with not saying anything to that kid, anything to their parents? Because if you're not, you you're not. That's I mean, everybody's not built to 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 move or operate like that. But at what point are we going to continue to allow our youth to physically see them destroy their lives, man? Because that's what we're doing. We we really witnessing the destruction of our youth. And I don't feel like our youth, you know, of course, we're supposed to mold them into, you know, a, a right direction towards, you know, positive outcomes, right? Um College is not for everybody, but of course we want our kids to go to college. We want a better education for our college, or if it's a trade, or if it's the army, or whatever. But we want something better than the streets. We want something better than jail. We want something better than uh, being shot in the hospital. You know, we want something better than being on the corners hooking. Uh, we want just better than what we see on a normal activity. You know, this young man who I'm talking about is a very smart kid, but all his friends are in the streets. All his friends sell drugs. All his all his friends are on the block, you know, gangbanging. And he wants to be a part of that. He wants to be a part of what he sees instantly as showing success, right? So at what point do, as a parent, what do we tell that young man that we see so much potential in, so much potential in, what do we tell him to guide him to not want to be a part of what he sees that's so instant, but to buy into the, 
the the vision of something that's more long-term and permanent that's going to cause greater blessings right um i don't know tell me what you think man because it really bothers me because i know that a lot of our male leadership especially in the urban communities is just null and void it's, it's almost i mean it happens sometime but i feel like if we have more male leadership um a high percentage of uh, our teenagers wouldn't be you know uh, looting or you know whatever or or doing things that i feel would, would cause them to to be a product of the system right because police officers are looking for any reason to lock up kids anyway for anything you know you can be pulled over for anything and just get locked up um having a bag of weed or whatever you get a pissed off cop he'll lock you up and, and you'll have to go sit in the county to fight that case. I mean, it could be a small bag or whatever. I mean, so we're already labeled as young black men. The young women, it's the same thing, you know? Women are are, are supposed to be held to a certain standard, you know, or a, a certain level of respect, especially a young black woman, you know? But if you're a young woman and all you see around you is a destruction for a mindset, as far as your friends, I'm sorry, your girlfriends that's like um, out here in the streets, you know, I ain't gonna say hooking, but doing drugs or, or, or doing things like going out, being out all night and drinking and part like just that whole atmosphere, because there's a lot of peer pressure that goes on with these young ladies, man. You know, young women have such a big, I mean, it's, it's crazy the chip on their shoulder that they have because they're expected to act a certain way. But they 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 see their surroundings, right? Especially if they have a a body and they're trying to find their identity, you know. Uh, so I feel like there needs to be a more of a leadership uh, role with young women too. Um, I think it starts in our communities, but I think both men and women we need to figure out what we need to do to find a better a better way of molding these kids, man. Because these kids are our future. What are we going to do about it? Um, we need to do something try to, to 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 bring awareness to this. Um, so tell me what you think about that, man. What's going on? What's going on in your? What's going on in your world? Like as far as your surroundings, your your neighborhood. Do you witness or see kids on the streets, or do you see teenagers that you know uh, are are, just, are definitely doing something that's distracting their lives? But are you just a person that just like mind my business? I go to work, I come home, I don't care what they're doing out there. As long as me and my kids are straight, I don't care what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with that, first of all. I just want to make that clear by my stance. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so if that's how you operate, then that's cool. Because truth be told, a lot of these teenagers, they don't really want to hear that shit. You know, even if you do come up with them correct, like, look, I just want to help. I just want to give my advice. I want to just give, 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 give. I want to see you out here. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, some of these kids, man, they they real rebellious. So you have to take that into account. Uh, and it's not their fault. It's just what they're they're used to. You know, a lot of kids don't want to be saved. They like their surroundings. They like the quick money. They like the drugs. They like the um, the speedy lifestyle. So you have to take that consideration, man. But at what point do we just continue to allow it to happen without saying anything? You know. Uh, and I get it. It's tough, man. It's, it's a tough situation. But, you know, these teens that I mentor, man, I, I really take heart to what they say and the pulse of how they feel. 
And uh, like I said, this young brother that I'm talking about, man, is a super smart kid, man. I wish you guys could meet him, man. Uh, super athletic, smart. Um, he has a little brother, man. He always takes care of his little brother. His little brother is probably like 13, 12 or 13. And his little brother emulates everything his big brother does. So not only are we seeing the destruction of someone that's a teenager that has such great potential, we're seeing the trickle effect of his little brother. So his little brother is going to emulate what his big brother does. So who does the big brother emulate? Who does he look up to? And that's when the, it becomes the streets. It becomes the the security and the protection of the gangs and the, and the blocks and the hoods that, that he gets that from. That's who he looks up to. So that's what I'm saying, man. Where do, at what point do we we come together and try to fix that narrative? Because um, Chicago is such a segregated city, man. You know, we got the you know, the white people on one side of town. We got the black people on one side of town. We got the Mexicans, the Mexicans, Hispanics. They got their own area of the town. Uh, hell, we even got the you know a, a Chinatown where, where Chinese people are. You know, are in one 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 uh, part of the town, man. It's called Chinatown. Uh, we're so segregated, man. And um, one thing I know about all those other backgrounds, the Mexicans, Hispanics, the Chinese, the Caucasians, um, they don't go through what uh, urban black pe people go through, like in a hood. You know, it's a different spectrum. Um, not saying it's not bad or they don't go through certain things, but they don't, they don't go through what black people go through, you know. Uh, they don't go through with black teens. I bet a, a white teenager that's 17 on the north side of Chicago does not go through what a black teen in Inglewood goes through. Um, and it, and it's just how it is. Or Mexican teenage. Like, we're, everybody, we're segregated, but we go through different things as young adults. So at what point do we have to cuff these young people, man, and kind of, if we see them going in the wrong direction, does it hurt to at least give them some advice about not to go down that route? That's all I'm saying. Because at, at a certain point, everybody everybody was like that once upon a time. I was a teenager. Yeah, I was a teenager where we seen destruction that happened around us and we made a decision to either go towards the destruction or go away from it. And a lot of that had to deal do with our parents or um, a football coach or whoever, anybody that was in your life that was kind of influential. We kind of took the heed to that, right? So tell me what you think, man. I didn't really want to go uh, too live with it to get responses like that because I kind of want to just get the, get the narrative out there and just get what you guys think. You can send me a message, though, because we're always thinking back and talk talk about it. Uh, thank you for everybody that's been buying the gear. Thank you for people that sent messages for last week's show. I hope I got to everybody. Uh, I think I did. I think I responded back to everybody in a, in a timely matter, but I want to thank you guys for, for hitting me. Like I said, last show was good, but I want to make the show a little bit different, man, because Chicago, man, you know, I love you, my homie, my city. Uh, but we got a lot of work to do in these urban communities, man. You know, these brothers are lost. These young sisters are lost. And we need them uh, because the next generation is going to be, you know, I look, my sons are teenagers. I want them when they get older, I want they get to take care of me. <laughs> you know, they they going to take care of pop. So I, I'm depending on them to, to, to get it together, man, and whatever I can do to help aid that, you know, I'm here for it. So we got to look out for that, man. That's all I'm saying, right? So tell me what you think. Send me a message, whatever. Take a quick break another time, and then we're going to get up out of here.
Man, I want to thank everybody, man, for tuning in to this episode of the My Society, man. Another great show, man. I know it was a little different, you know, a little bit more deeper or whatever, but, you know, it was just some topics I wanted to talk about, man, that was prevalent and I feel like we could use as African-American people, man, Chicago, man, you know I love you, man, we gotta do better. And that just goes for all the hoods around the world, man. What can we do to kind of build each other up, man, especially our youth? Because I think our youth are forgot about it a lot, man, and we need them to kind of be the, the leaders and, the, you know, be the leaders that we know they can be. We don't want to see destruction. I know I don't, man. But uh, thank you for everybody that tuned in, man. Thank you for everybody just to support general, man. Nas has been growing so much. And I appreciate you guys, man. You know, thank you for all the emails and the messages that you send. I'm trying to get back to everybody as much as I can. I think I did, though. Uh, but it's all love, man. All love. Please have a good week, man. I know there's a lot going on around the world. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of different things as far as racism and social injustice and equality and things like that, man. I love my black people. I love everybody, man. The NAS stands for not statistic, man. So we just got to keep changing the narrative about how the system views us, how we view each other because of how we did in the past or whatever it is, man. So let's keep building. Let's keep loving each other. Let's keep growing. Always think before you move, all right? Till next time. N-A-E-S-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. Till the next episode. Nice.